Hi, this is Lauren Rose from the It Hurts to Mom podcast. Did you know that up to 80% of our physical pain is actually from emotional pain? Don't miss your opportunity to get my new workbook called Exploring How Your Emotions Relate to Your Physical Pain. In it, you'll consider how trauma, trapped emotions, grief, and lack of forgiveness might be contributing to your chronic pain. This is not to say your pain isn't real. Actually, it's the opposite. Your pain, emotional and physical, is very real. It's only to say that there's a significant mind-body connection that most of us don't realize. Get your workbook today for only $7 at ithurtstomom.com under the shop category, because once you determine the connection, you might be surprised at the extent that emotions are contributing to your pain, and then you can start to heal what's trapped inside. And while you're there, don't forget my freebie, 30 Ways to Relieve Pain Without Taking a Pill, ithurtstomom.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the It Hurts to Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose, and today we're talking about how chronic stress and trauma affect our gut health. Our guest is Dr. Cecilia Mignano. She's a gastroenterologist and certified life coach who helps professionals with chronic gut issues to stop the stress. Thank you for coming on, doctor. Oh, Lauren, it's such a pleasure to be here and to talk to your audience or you know, engage with you so that they can gain so much benefit about this really important topic. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. So can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I've been in practice for over 15 years, and I'm a gastroenterologist in New Jersey. And I sort of came to a head with um, becoming a life coach through my own burnout story. And I'll just share briefly about that including my own childhood, because I think it plays a big role in sort of my area of focus. So my family immigrated from Peru and we, I grew up in a single family home. And as I look back on that experience, it was very traumatic. I had a single uh, mother who raised me. She didn't know how to process her own emotions. So, you know, we got sort of the frustrated mom that was just trying to survive. And I'm lucky that from a young age, I loved books. So I sort of think that was my escape. Um, I would fall in love with the stories and, you know, imaginarily escape into these books. Um, And that sort of became my out, I feel like, of that traumatic experience. But along the way, I was super successful with education, but I noted that relationships were difficult for me. And now that I've doing this work, I I recognize that's just an effect from trauma. And so what happened was I was a successful doctor on paper, but um, along the way, there was so much negative self-talk and beliefs and not being, being reactive. And what happened with COVID is that for all of my life, I thought I could control these emotions and this monster was at my you know face here that i couldn't figure out how to control it and at that moment it presented for me personally with being unable to sleep my anxiety was beyond control i was crying like randomly i remember changing several times to even come into my home i was not only the breadwinner but then i'd come home and i'd have to go out to the grocery store because i was trying to keep my you know, family protected in this bubble. And, you know, like moms, we just do it all and sort of suck it up, but it it became unmanageable. And I'm 
thankful that in that moment, I recognized that I needed help. And a friend of mine had told me about life coaching and how much it had impacted her. So I was like, with all faith, like, I don't know if this is going to work, but I need something. And I committed to coaching. I recognized through that journey how much I had transformed. And so that sort of then prompted me to go deep um, dive into coaching. And initially, my plan was more to heal myself with all this stuff I had negated for so many years. And then I realized how impactful this work is for those of us that have had trauma or chronic stress. And for me, my particular niche, I, as you can imagine, I see so many people coming in with abdominal pain, with severe gastro issues. And the medical system, unfortunately, is not really set up to really deep dive into so many components of this. I do think it's multifactorial and it, it requires like many different disciplines working on, on trying to help people. But what I noticed was the gap of like, okay, let's try this diet. Let's try this treatment. And until I see you back in like six weeks, three months, people don't have that skill set to manage their symptoms on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I recognize that through coaching and a lot of the extra um, courses I've taken that I can sort of help meet that need of people who are still meeting with their doctors, still meeting with their functional medicine doctors, still meeting with their nutritionists, but helping them to regulate that stress and chronic trauma response. And so that's sort of how I developed this niche. And just to give you perspective of my own trauma history, I mean, I've only touched the surface, but I know a lot of people know about what's called these ACE studies, right? these studies of the adverse childhood experiences. And it was a study done in um, Kaiser Permanente with the CDC. And what it found was that there's a strong correlation with people who've had significant childhood trauma and chronic diseases, social and emotional issues down the line. And I'll share with your audience, but when I did this quiz, like not even like two years ago, I was like a nine out of 10 of these traumatic experiences. And as I look back on my life, I'm like dumbfounded that I got to this successful, you know, place in my life. And I really think it was education that saved me. And now I want to share this passion I have to help others, to help themselves gain more control of their symptoms and heal themselves. When I first wanted to have you on, I thought it was such an interesting niche and I've had significant trauma in my life and I've had GI issues for several years and I've seen, I think, five gastroenterologists and none of them know what to do with me. So let's talk about gut health. It's, it's kind of a buzzword these days, your gut health, right? Um, can you explain kind of what that means and why that's important? Yeah. And I think just to touch on what you said, it's it's really important to highlight because I do think people who've had chronic stress or trauma do tend to like seek guidance, you know, in different ways. And it's that unique like perseverance that I love about us that, you know, we don't like take no for granted and we're going to keep searching. Um, but know that within that experience, it gives you out of that growth develops right and you learn to advocate for yourself to be your best um 
resource. And that's what I want to empower people. It's like, even though we've had these experiences, there's so much within us that we can figure out that we, it creates in us a need to have accountability for ourselves, to create boundaries, to know what self-care is. And so you're like a prime example of doing this, having lived this experience and then giving back so much. And so I admire that so much about you. And unburdening that is so important too, right? We don't want to keep these messages stuck in us because that's what creates um, so many symptoms for ourselves, right? So I like to highlight about the gut because, you know, as as Hippocrates said, you know, all diseases start in our gut. It's one of our, our founders. Now we're never a hundred percent believing that, right? Because we're never all or nothing, but so many diseases do begin from like our digestive tract. Um, so there's issues with like our diet. If we're very Western medicine, no fruits and vegetables, a lot of sugars, processed foods, that's creating a, what we call dysbiotic gut. So there's a lot of um, overpopulation of bad bacteria, less of the good. And on top of that, it's creating that intestinal lining to sort of become weakened. And that's what allows toxins to come in. In the medical community, we call that intestinal permeability. But for the lay person, it's called AKA leaky gut. And the idea is that if we don't like feed ourselves first, that these toxins, not just with our food, but environmentally chronic stress, it allows for those toxins to permeate into our bloodstream. And there's a strong mind-body connection. And so what happens with these toxins as they sort of come into our bloodstream is that they're then creating havoc on all the signaling of our body, right? It's affecting like our endocrine function, our sugars, our hormones, our immunity. And it's even interacting with our vagus nerve, which is directly impacting our response to the world, whether through the autonomic nervous system, that fight or flight or freeze response, or even that parasympathetic response. So it's very important for our audience to recognize that so much we still have within our control that let's not put all our power into these outside people of like your doctor and this you know, herb and this, it, it's really what serves my body best. And only you sort of know, and it's your own journey of, and trying things, but know that simple things you can do with your diet will make a dramatic impact um, over the long run. So in what ways can chronic stress and trauma affect our bodies? Yeah, so I briefly highlighted on this before, but I'm gonna re-mention it about the ACE study it showed that these people that have had significant childhood tra trauma or even like chronic stress, it's impacting them in the long runs, right? We know that there's increased um, risk of chronic diseases, diabetes, high blood pressure, a heart disease, cancer, and even suicide. And it's affecting their ability to, you know, their mental health and even the ability to keep jobs. So these impacts over many years from a young age are definitely impacting our health in the long run. So the studies now corroborate all this. Unfortunately, there's still a lag in our medical community about this. But this is, I think, a key missing piece that is starting to be told. And there's a strong impact of that stress within our microbiome and our nervous system. 
So it's very important to not just like be told to exercise, right? That That is discharging some of the stress, but it's really changing your diet, changing your how you think about the world. These are all necessary parts of your healing journey. So is the problem with chronic stress and trauma that we keep a lot of that in like we don't talk about it we don't fully process what's going on because i've i've heard that you know trauma and suppressed emotions are stored in our body like in our fascia or in our soft tissue i've heard of a few different theories about that so is is it the trauma and the stress itself or is it the fact that we just don't fully process it and we try to keep all of that in and be strong I do think it's more that it gets, you know, stored in our trauma and I'm sorry, in our tissues and our fascia and we don't even recognize it. And what's happening is it shows up as like migraines, as abdominal pain. So we're not seeing that direct link, but it's wreaking havoc in our system. And I also think those experiences change our nervous system, right? We develop neural pathways and beliefs that we're not good enough, that our body's broken. And so they become our like storyline we tell ourselves every day. And I wanna highlight a part of our brain that's really important called the amygdala, which I know you've discussed previously, but I'm gonna break down the nervous system into two ways. There's like the primitive part, which includes that reactive part that, also is our autonomic functions, right? Our breathing, things we don't think about, but it also is our emotional part. And within that is something called our amygdala, which is our danger detector. And it's sort of constantly scanning for when the shoe is gonna drop, what danger is gonna hit. And what I wanna offer your audience is that most of that is subconscious. You don't even recognize when your amygdala is sort of in a reactive state or a stress response. And that will show up with you having outbursts, with you, you know, overeating, with drinking, with not wanting to get up. Like it, it's, you don't even have the vocabulary to say that. And what happens with those of us who've had chronic um, stress or trauma is that that amygdala is very primed for anything that it detects as unsafe. And whether that's your own internal messages, beliefs you've been told about yourself, um, that this is an easy pathway for you to, to, that comes up for you, their patterns. And so our job is really to go into that other part of the brain, which is that prefrontal cortex, which is more powered by your vagus nerve and that parasympathetic response. And so what I help clients recognize is that we all have this amygdala, but ours is sort of primed and rapidly goes into a fight or flight or freeze response. And our job is that awareness of recognizing, okay, in this moment, like my kid just acted out, I'm starting to get reactive. This is just a pattern and let me calm my nervous system down before I engage with this child because I need to be modeling better behavior. And so really taking care of self is how we learn the process of downregulating. And I don't want people to feel shame about this. This is your, this is nervous system that's over long periods that have been formed, their networks. And the good news about that is that we have a term called neuroplasticity where we can change those ner neural pathways. It's like a muscle we have to learn to exercise. So we have to change it from like 
how we interact with these body sensations and how we think about it. So talking about kind of our subconscious and the ways that we talk to ourselves, how does negative thinking affect our digestion and, and other parts of our health? Yeah, so again, talking about that amygdala, right? It's always sort of looking around for the danger. And when we feed it more messages of negativity, right? It's constantly stuck in that fear, scanning for danger response. And what we know with our nervous system is that for us to have optimal gut health, we have to really be engaged in what's called our parasympathetic nervous system. And that when we're stuck in a fight or flight, our body is feeling like we're going to be attacked by a lion or a bear. And so a lot of like stress hormones are being released, right? Like cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine, and that that's very inhibitory to our gut. It's no wonder we can't break down food that we're constipated or we have severe diarrhea. We're not allowing our nervous system to really engage to break down food to help us with elimination. It's the same where when we're in that collapse state when we've given up. It's it's your body's preserving energy to keep you alive. So it's shunting blood away from your digestive tract. And mm-hmm. so I want our audience to know that just self, how we talk to ourselves, the beliefs we have about ourselves is creating messages directly to that amygdala that's keeping it stuck in that fight or flight or freeze response. And so regaining our power is partially how we talk to ourselves, what we believe about ourselves. And so I like to help my clients who believe like, AKA my body's broken, right? How can we shift slightly from that? And some of it can even just be small language. Like I'm learning to believe that my body's not broken or I'm learning to accept this part of the journey right? We haven't changed anything about the condition you're facing, but subtle shifts in language can help you build new neural pathways that also then help your amygdala feel safe. If I can offer anything to your audience, it's like, think about your amygdala as this little child. And it's like, do we want to keep it in a fear, like stuck in fear pattern? Or do we want to be nurturing and loving and help it to calm so that it can help us heal? That's a really good metaphor is like a little child. I know I, I, you've, like you said earlier, it's thought of as our, our danger sensor, but I, I love the idea that it's a little child. And so we have to take care of it and we have to think, do we want it to stay scared all the time? Well, no, we, we don't. So let's find ways to, to slightly adjust our thinking, like you were saying, and make our amygdala feel safer. Yeah, it's just like has how we are moms. I know your your audience is, you know, more for moms. Um, I know it's more global too, but, you know, we would never, if our child came to us with a nightmare, right? We wouldn't like just say, oh, give up. Like your life is terrible, right? We would like nurture that child and embrace it and give it compassion and guidance and love. And so it's the same thing we can think of that amygdala as this part of us that has had this trauma and you're going to stop here and say no more I'm here to love you no matter what I'm here to be with the sensations I'm here to empower you we're going to walk through this together 
how much we can shift our nervous system. Yeah, that's so good. Let's talk about physical pain and you know body sensations for for a couple questions because I, I found some information on some of your social media that I thought my audience might be interested in. So can you please explain the three components of pain that we might not be aware of? Yeah, so pain is a really complex topic. Um, I'll sort of break it down how I teach my clients, but with pain, there's three components that I learned from Dr. Howard Schubner in Unlearn Your Pain. So there's the sensory component, which is actually what you're sensing in that moment. So I'll give you my own lived experience because I'm dealing with a chronic ankle injury that I've been dealing with now for eight months. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm feeling really hopeless and like collapsed and the belief that I'm never gonna get better, I just use these simple principles. So I just, with curiosity leading the way, it's like, what am I sensing in this moment? Okay, in this moment, I'm sensing like a sharp, it's around like my, you know, what I call the malleolus or I don't know how in layman's terms, but the lateral bone, um, it's wrapping around to under my foot. I just get very descriptive and let go of the judgment. That's what I consider the sensory component. Because again, the more you feed into to fear and negative thinking, that's like gonna amplify that pain. So let's just get descriptive, the sensory component. The cognitive component is what am I thinking about this? So I have moments just like all of us where it's like, I'm never gonna get better. This is my future. I'm never gonna be able to do X, Y, and Z. And as I have more awareness about it, it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know where this is gonna go, but how can I believe that for today, I'm okay, I'm safe, that I, I, I don't go too far into the future because that's an unknown in a Pandora's box and it's creating more fear for me. So, okay, in this moment, yes, it's not what it was, but but I can move it. So then I just get curious. Okay, so it's not what it was, but there's movement, you know, I can stand, you know, I just reframe how the cognitive part of it. And then the, um, effective part is your moods and emotions, right? So I recognize when I'm in a frustrated state, when I'm upset, and I just give it its place. I allow that feeling to sort of emerge in my body. And I recognize like, okay, in this moment, I'm feeling frustrated with my leg and it's okay. I'm human. These are like normal feelings. This is the human experience. But I give it space to sort of expand. And I almost equate it to like, being in an ocean and it's this big wave of frustration. And the more I sit with it, the less it loses, it's, it loses power over me because I'm giving it its space and time. And so I want your audience to really think about these three components because sometimes it's not just the pain, but you're just more frustrated or angry. And so it all gets mishmashed together as pain. Mm -hmm. Language is so important. Um, and I actually teach my clients to use different, more neutral terminology, because again, pain is giving fear to your poor little amygdala. So I just describe it as like a discomfort, a sensation. I give it a lot of neutrality. Um, and then the other parts with that is just knowing that stress and anxiety amplify these 
it's like a volume, it turns it way up. The same thing with hyper-focusing on it, right? So if I sit there all day and I just focus on my leg or my foot, I should say, I'm just like feeding into it and, and turning up the volume gradually. Whereas if I can go, okay, I noticed it, but what what is not broken in me? Okay, my heart is expansive, my lungs. So I do a, a nice little exercise where I have help people what we call pendulate. So we go into the sensation that's not so feeling so great. And then we pendulate out into like an area that is even neutral or positive. And so we help our body to feel like, okay, so it's not just all or nothing, right? It's like, I have this part that's not working ideally, but then there's so much else that is working for me. Yeah, how we talk to ourselves about our pain and how we talk about our pain is something I'm definitely learning has a big impact. You know, like instead of saying, oh, that pain is, is really sharp. I try to say something like, oh, that's a sensation that's not as soft as I'd like it to be or something like that. Because when we start using those words sharp, right, that's creating that fear like you were just talking about in the amygdala. And when we call it pain, that's bringing up emotions. I love that and, analogy. Yeah. You talk about how body sensations and emotions are often interpreted by our nervous system as danger alarms. And that's that amygdala again, right? So even the way that we're we're thinking about our pain or an experience, our amygdala is 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 getting into fight, flight, or freeze mode. A hundred percent. And so what I help my clients because I, you know, I kept paying like my day job is the clients with, with the pain syndromes in my like more night weekends, it's more the clients um, coaching stuff. But if they're at all experiencing that sensation, I love the idea of like body scanning. So we go into our body and really sense what we're experiencing. And what I find with clients, it's that simple pause of like going into it and not we don't want to be afraid of these sensations, right? Reminding yourself like, oh my gosh, I got a CAT scan. I'm okay. Like maybe this sensation is meant to teach me something. It's maybe I need a boundary. Maybe it's a signal that I need to change what I'm eating or I need to sleep better. Again, this is very individualized, but these signals are not always a danger of fear of like, of, of a diagnosis of death. Now, certainly I'm not gonna be a, somebody that tells you don't go to the hospital if your pain is so severe, but definitely have to rule out anything acute. I'm talking about these chronic sensations that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. We have to change how we interact with them. And for many of us, it's like a fear of like, what's missing, what's the diagnosis? And and so it's really pausing and being at one with it and curious with it. And what I find with a lot of my clients is if we sit with it, we find that the sensation either like, like the volume gets turned down or it like, you know, changes, right? It moves from like this one spot to no, oh, it's interesting. Now it's going more medially, more to the center. Oh, now I'm sensing something different in a different place. And we honestly just watch it. And I love that idea because it helps to reinforce that this is like neuroplastic pain, right? That it's not always a structural issue that perhaps there's signals from our body. And for a lot of people, like 
I mean, I've been on this journey now for over two years. Like for me, it's easier to go in, but for somebody who's like new to this work, like that is so scary. And so that's where I think having a coach or someone you trust or a therapist that can help guide you through these to reintegrate that sensation. Right. I was in a four week pain recovery program back in 2015 um, inpatient in a hospital um, for chronic migraines. And we were doing a guided meditation. I've, I've said this on one or two of my other podcasts, but um, she had us just, you know, it, visualize our pain like what does it look like what color is it what shape is it what texture is it so mine was a, a dark figure with spikes coming out of it and an angry face and then we were supposed to communicate with it so I asked my pain why are you trying to hurt me and my pain came back and it said to me immediately with kind of hurt feelings I'm not trying to hurt you I'm trying to tell you something and that was huge for me to realize that my pain isn't trying to do me harm. And, and I think that what my pain was trying to tell me was I had a lot of unprocessed trauma and, and emotions inside of me that I needed to start working on. And so this, this chronic pain that we have, you know, it's real, but it's, it's a communication tool. It's trying to tell us something, whether it's that we need to move more or we've got, you know, unprocessed emotions or we're not, we need to cut out sugar, whatever it is. I don't know, it's individual for each person. But right, it's, it's our body's trying to communicate with us. It highlights exactly what I find with my own clients that when we don't fear it and we don't run from it, that there's some signal it's trying to, to teach us. And that mm -hmm. we've probably been getting these signals all along, but when we've had chronic stress or trauma, that we've learned to sort of cut off like the mind and body. And we don't really integrate these. Right. I'm like a prime example. I suppressed every emotion because I was like, I'm getting into I had school. There was like no capacity to talk about any sensation. I learned to shut it all down until I reached a pivotal moment where COVID happened. Like I said, I fell apart. But I, I think looking back on it, I always had these sensations. I just I just never thought to pause and look at it. But now with even with my ankle, I'm like, okay, so my reality is a little different now. And when it's throbbing, I'm like, okay, this is a moment where I, I tell my husband, like, I just can't help anymore. I've been on my feet all day. Like, it's a time for me to sit and ice it. And so mm -hmm. letting go of these like mom guilts we have where it's like, we feel like we got to do everything and really honing into these sensations. Like, like let's honor that part of us. I love, I love the analogy of the little kid in us, right? The little kid has the injury and it's like you would nurture that person. So I'm going to nurture myself. And whether that's the next hour or a few hours, right? Unless the house is on fire, like I'm honoring this moment. Absolutely. That's another thing that maybe our pain is telling us that we need to, to take a minute and take care of ourselves. A hundred percent especially for us moms, when we, we yeah. culturally, socially, we've been primed to like take care of everyone else, but it's at our own expense, right? We're frustrated. We're exhausted. We have a chronic pain. And so it's really coming home to like, okay, let me deal with the things within my reach. And it can vary day to day, as you know, but like letting go of this belief system that someone put on us, 
right? When we are take care of ourselves, we then show up best for everyone else. Right, absolutely. So I know that you suggest going out in, in nature. Why is going out in nature so helpful for our mental health? Yeah, so I love to teach my clients about how to discharge chronic stress from our bodies. Um, and one of the ways I love is connecting with the outdoors. What this does is you're really, when you're outside, you're in you know, mother nature. I love them to really hone in on the five senses. How is that wind across your face? What are you actually hearing, right? Really dive into the sensory experience as you're walking, right? How does that foot sort of feel as it touches the ground and, you know, really looking at a beautiful like flower and looking at all the petal, right? Really get into all those senses. What that does in your nervous system is it brings down that stress response. There are studies that even show that it increases blood flow to your amygdala. And I think it's creating safety for that poor little amygdala that we all have. Um, it helps with mood, right? It increases neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine, which at the end of the day, the, you know, serotonin gets converted to melatonin, which actually helps your sleep. There's also the physical parts, right? It's some movement just in general helps with your overall movement. It helps with your immunity, helps to decrease your sugars. So I think there's so many benefits to being outside. And I love the being in the nature in nature because you can do it anywhere even if you live in a city right just even as you step outside your house your apartment really engage into that beautiful world we have right when we have more connection we know that connection mitigates trauma it's keeping that amygdala safe it's bringing down that cortisol that epinephrine that norepinephrine which helps ultimately your overall health but particularly like your gut health um the other one I really like is the breathing exercises, right? If you can practice mindfully breathing, you're engaging a vagus nerve. Um, I love to tell people to do it like three times a day, set a timer on your phone. Or if you're somebody who forgets, like practice breathing right before you eat or when you're going potty, right? It's like you have to attach it to a habit that you already sort of do. That's how you build success. So if I would offer your clients, it's find one habit that they can implement and just start with like five minutes, like twice a week, right? We we know we don't want to like commit to huge things or they'll never get done. We we have to start slow and build up as we gain success. And as we see the changes in our physiology, then that gives us strength to then keep going and add on things. And it's also the belief that we're flexible, right? That we're gonna try this and give it a week or two. And if it's not making much change, then we pivot, right? We don't just say, oh, forget it. Nothing's working for me. We got to get out of that all or none thinking. All right. So circling back to our gut health, what kinds of things can we do to prevent chronic stress from affecting our gut? Yeah. So what I want to highlight to your audience is that stress is just part of our lived experience. Um, but so I don't want us to live in a bubble of thinking we're never going to deal with stress, right? It's like, how do we learn to manage it? How can we have better control of it? Um, because ultimately, like I discussed, that chronic stress 
is impeding your digestive system from working optimally. It's not just the functions of it, but it's affecting things more upstream, right? Like your immunity, it's affecting your like chronic conditions, right? Like we discussed diabetes, heart disease, cancer. Um, so when we look at it from like a global body perspective, it's more than just your digestive health. So I like clients to notice throughout the day. One simple thing is notice, pick three times in the day when you're going to assess where your nervous system is, right? For many of us, like as soon as we wake up, it's like the chronic to-do list. Well, guess what? That's putting you in that fight or flight from like the moment you open your eyes. And it's like recognizing that habit, that pattern for you. And is that really serving you? And if it's not, okay, I'm going to decide for five minutes, I'm going to like integrate my parasympathetic nervous system, whether that's the breathing, the meditation, journaling. Um, one thing I love is also with the sensations, right? I have people, okay, when you're brushing your teeth, get out of the head of like what you have to do that day and really focus on all the sensations as the bristles amongst your gums, really let go of the story of your brain and tap into that body and what you're experiencing. That simple thing will get you into more of a parasympathetic drive. The same thing when you're showering, really feel that water hitting the back of you really as you shampoo like feel your fingers like let's get out of that autopilot because for many of us it's like living in this chronically sympathetic or freeze response and so tracking your nervous system is very important notice where you are with lunch right for many of us including me i'm guilty of it. it's like you're, you have like 10 minutes to wolf down your food well that's not really in alignment with what we all should be doing right it's like, unless there's a fire or somebody's like dying, you know, I can take a 10 minutes to take some breaths before I eat, to really hone in on the sensations as I digest my food, really engage that vagus nerve, because I know that's going to ultimately help me break down food, help me absorb food, help keep my intestinal integrity, you know, robust and intact, help me with elimination. And the same thing before bed, like, am I still in this fight or flight? Okay, let me shut off the screens. Let me journal. Let me meditate. When you can do it as like a exercise, then you recognize you have that awareness where you can say, well, oh, okay. I noticed that I'm stuck in this freeze response right now. I don't want to do anything. How can I get back into more of that parasympathetic? Maybe it's as simple as like, I'm just going to hug myself. I've had a tough day. I just need to like take some breaths and give compassion to all the things I've done. Yeah, I love that. That's an important thing. And I love how you are building that on top of other things that we're already doing. So it's not we're having to necessarily, we should take extra time out of the day, but you know, even brushing our teeth, which is something that we're gonna do or taking a shower, really just being in the moment and experiencing what's going on right then. and making that a relaxation time instead of a, oh my gosh, here are the thousand things that I didn't get done that I need to get done or whatever it is. Yeah. And start with like five minutes. Okay. I'm going to spend these five minutes. You're already in the shower, right? <laughs> you yeah. can run your list all you want, but like, you're not doing it. So like, I'm really going to like practice this habit of like calming that amygdala, calming my nervous system. That's so right? good. It's the same thing with like, I tell people with like, 
when you're washing your dishes, really feel those sensations of the water, the dish soap, maybe integrate like, I'm gonna like raise my legs. Like if you can't get out to exercise, right? Let's like add something to like what you already do, right? I, I don't want people to feel like they have to keep adding and adding and adding. Like we're already exhausted, we do a lot. So this is like beautiful integration into what you already do. I think that's brilliant. Where can we find out more about you and about what you do? So my website is www.ceciliamanonomd.com. I'm also on that for um, Facebook and Instagram, Cecilia Manano MD. Um, I am currently doing group coaching as well as one-on-one, -on -one, but my one-on-ones are filling. Um, I would love to teach these in the more group setting because I think I can have more impact and I think community is so important when we're healing and when we're going through chronic pain or gut issues. I, I, my niche is the gut, but I have clients that are dealing with like, you know, chronic musculoskeletal issues. I think what I want to convey to your audience is that so much of this is from our lived experience of that chronic stress and trauma and it's really learning how to calm your nervous system, how to create daily habits on purpose. And that that can be sort of applied, you know, widespread across many different, um, you know, illnesses or what people are affected with. And that you have so much power within you. And sometimes we have to face these adversities to really reframe how we've lived our life to date and what changes we have to do. And one of my signature courses is how, how to create a new normal for you, right? I like us all to believe we're normal. It's just that we have different flavors of it, right? I want to destigmatize that you're broken, that you're sick, that you're dealing with this. Your normal might be different from what it was five years ago, but it's still your new normal baseline. Again, language is so important. And so even for me, who's dealing with this new like ankle injury and I can't be on my feet as much, I still am whole and loved and, you know, can do so many things. And so it's just changing how I look at my own lived experience of what I can do. Yeah, I can't play tennis, but hey, I can walk my dog. Hey, I can do these other things. I can still help my kids get to soccer, right? What are the things that we can still do, right? Let's purposely change the, our mindset if we focus only on all the things we can't we're getting stuck in that fight or flight freeze so it's like reframing what is working and I love how you've mentioned on prior podcasts the importance of gratitude it's so important that we purposely put our mind to things that are working for us right it's creating again that safety for that amygdala right well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise with us. This was amazing. Thank you so much for giving me the platform to share with your audience. I really hope they can try to add one new habit, one new way of thinking. Again, this is a journey for all of us and you're gonna see what resonates for you, but practice small things and then adjust and pivot as needed. Absolutely. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any health, parenting, or life advice. For my freebie, 30 Ways to Relieve Pain Without Taking a Pill, go to itherstomom.com slash tips. 
If you have any comments, suggestions, or want to be on this podcast, email me at it hurts to mom at gmail.com. I wish you all a blessed and pain-free day. Bye.